Well, it's a new term, right? The term is here, the students are here, we're in full flight. I wonder if you had a good summer, you got away, enjoyed the sunshine and the rain. Uh, I did many things over the summer. One thing I did, I went to a place called uh, David's Tent. It's a, it's a pretty good place, you can whoop and cheer if you've been. Uh, for some of us, it's a great place. Others, it's probably, probably not a great place. But I'll explain what happens, you can make your own mind up. There's a big tent in a field, right, down south, down in Sussex. And in the tent, there is a big stage, and there's a worship band, and the worship bands play for 72 hours. And it's worship from Friday all the way through to Monday. And there's no talks, there's no seminar streams. Uh, it's just worship in a tent, in a field, for 72 hours. And it's a glorious place. It truly is an amazing place. Uh, and it, 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 one thing that it is, is the place where all the most charismatic people flock to, right? It's like a hub of the, uh, the intense Christians, right? I love it so much. You've got your flag wavers. You've got your ribbon dancers. Uh, guys, guys who just lie on the floor for the whole time. So it's people roaring like lions. My favorite, and I, honestly, I think this is the best thing. There's someone who their hand becomes a butterfly and they just, they, they travel around the field and the butterfly rests on the floor and it's off again. <laughs> just for hours. It's the most amazing thing. It's the most amazing experience of joy. Me and my friend were talking about how it's hard to go home from David's tent because it's such a joyful culture. It's a joyful place, right? And he was telling me last year he got on a train from David's tent in a carriage full of these charismatics, right? And they were singing songs all the way to London. So he was like kept in the bubble even longer. He said he got off the train at Waterloo and just met a sea of scowling faces. <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh. And he said it was really hard. Uh, but we're thinking as we start the new academic year about what, what do we want our culture to be? What do we want our culture to be? What do we want our community to look like? Uh, and as we start the new year thinking about uh, Lois Ovenden preached on the wisdom, um, the way and the words of Jesus, the wise and foolish builder in the summer, we felt it was a prophetic word. We want to talk about the kingdom culture that we want to have here at STC. We want to be a community and a family that's got Jesus at the center, that allows the light of Jesus to shine into the darkness and to be a family of freedom and a family of joy. And it was so good to hear your prayers and those scriptures, which really encapsulates that. So to do that, we're going to spend six weeks in the letter to the Colossians, which you may know, you may love, you may never have read it before. It is a letter all about Jesus. So we're going to be reading from Colossians 1. If you've got a Bible, you might want to open it. It will be on the screens, but I've done it in quite a small font, I'm afraid. <laughs> Apologies. Um, but the story so far, Colossians, right? We know the Apostle Paul, formerly Saul, he planted a church in Ephesus where we get the letter to the Ephesians. There was a guy who went to his church called Epaphras who heard the word of God and he was so captivated by it that he went back to his hometown, back to Colossae and he started preaching the word and he started a church and before he knew it there were people gathering every week and then the church politics started happening. He couldn't get enough kids team volunteers. The organist was, was having a Barney all the time. It, the PCC weren't agreeing with him, so he phoned up Paul. He said, Paul, mate, we need to go down to Lisboa. I need to talk to you about pastoring. Uh, and so this is Paul's response, right? This is Paul's face-to-face -face with Epaphras in Lisboa uh, in letter form. 
We don't know exactly what Epaphras was moaning about, um, but it's something to do with false teaching, uh, culture clash. He's got lots of Jewish Christians, foreign Christians, um, in, a, in a really fast-paced culture. But what we do know is it's a, a letter built on Jesus with church-planting roots, and it's about hearing the, the word of the gospel and being transformed uh, and going out and spreading that across the world as we know it. Uh, and just as Joyce and Benson are going off to plant a church, me, me and my wife Hannah and our son Isaac are going off to plant a church, and maybe someone in this room will be going off to plant a church soon as well. So over the next six weeks, I want to encourage you to read Colossians. It takes 14 minutes if you're an average speed reader. What if we read that as a body every day for six weeks to get this culture into our hearts? So Colossians chapter 1, starting from verse 1, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light, of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in him he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. 
This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Thanks be. This is the word of the Lord. That's your line. It's good stuff, isn't it? Uh, he knows how to write the gospel, this guy. Uh, I wonder if you've heard any, any new music lately, anything that's caught your attention, anything that you're like, oh, that is, this is my jam. I'm going to put that bad boy on repeat. I'm going to listen to it all the time. Don't know if you ever do that. You hear something you love, you just listen to it all the time. But then what happens when you do that? You kill the song. The song is ruined because you've listened to it so many times. I mean, we've all been there, Mr. Brightside, Wonderwall, <laughs> Halo by Beyonce, Reckless Love. I've heard it too many times. <laughs> we get bored easily, right? What's it? Uh, familiarity breeds content. And I think for, for some of us, the gospel is a bit like that. You know, we, we hear it again and again. The grace of the Lord is enough. God's, God's got it. God's got us. He's forgiven us our sins. But I love Paul's writing so much because he articulates the gospel in such a way that it reignites, it forces us to really think about what we're talking about, and it reignites our passion for the gospel, and it's a gift. And I wonder, what is the gospel to you today? You know, is it a, an old, familiar song that's nice? Holy Spirit, I pray that today you would reveal to us the fullness of your grace, the fullness of your gospel, that we may know that you saved our lives so that we could be free. Amen. Um, so the passage we read is broken into four sections, and I'm going I'm to go through them pretty quick because we want to leave a bit of space for ministry today. Um, he, he introduces the, the chapter, then he prays for us, then he writes a poem. Who knew it was a poem? I had to read a book to find that out. Uh, and then he leaves us with a challenge. His introduction, it's all about kingdom culture, what we want to be uh, here at STC. It's full of grace, peace, faith, love, hope, all the good words. Uh, and he talks about the gospel growing across the world when we truly understand grace, when we truly understand grace. And I think the Lord wants to teach us something about that today. Because he goes on to pray in the second section of the chapter, about kingdom culture. He wants us to live a life that will please the Lord in every way. It's pretty high pressure, right? He wants us to bear fruit in every good work, uh, to grow in the knowledge of God, to be strengthened with all power um, so that we may have great endurance and patience and be joyful as we give thanks to the one who has qualified us to share in his inheritance uh, as his holy people in the kingdom of light. And that may feel quite an intense burden, but the good news comes in verse 12 that says, the Father has qualified you. The Father has qualified you. And I think someone needs to hear that today. The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, who has given us redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And this is the gospel, right? This is the good news. We've gone from the dominion of darkness 
into the kingdom of light. We are made holy in the sight of God, that we have redemption. This word that comes from the slave trade, as a slave would become free, they are redeemed. That is what's happening for us uh, as we enter into relationship with Jesus. And what does that mean for us? It means freedom. Full freedom, not just like a nice idea, but freedom. Freedom from addictions, right? Freedom from, from pornography addictions, freedom from alcohol or drugs or, or, or gambling or whatever it is you might be addicted to. Freedom from lies that I'm not good enough. Freedom that I need to prove myself to everyone around me so that they'll love me. I need to prove myself to God. I need to perform for him so that I can earn this thing that he wants to give me. Freedom from cycles of bitterness uh, or anger or unforgiveness. Stuff that, stuff that we have in here. Stuff that means we're not free to live in the kingdom of light. Because he has taken us out of the dominion of darkness. And I felt the Lord be, has been speaking to me a lot about this. Like, do you know what my light is? My light is this thing that shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Grasp the power of my light and be free in bringing the darkness to the light. Allow my light to shine in the dark places. We need to be preparing the bride of Christ, ready for that heavenly banquet, to be a spotless bride for Jesus. We need to bring in the light. And how can, how can God do that? How can he bring us so much freedom? Well, his poem in 15 to 20 is all about the supremacy of Jesus, that he is from the beginning and he is at the end and he creates all things. He holds it all together, that he is the creator God over the visible and the invisible, right? The powers, the authorities, the addictions, the lies. He, is, he owns it all. It's all for him. It's all for his glory. And he is the one who holds it all together. And it finishes with this beautiful line that he will make peace through his blood, reconciling all things to himself on the cross. He makes peace for us so that we can live a kingdom culture. Because when we get hold of this stuff, then we're going to be a serious kingdom operation. You know, we want to see it out there. It's got to happen in here first. And then we go to the most beautiful part, Paul's challenge. It's so nice. Verse 21, this is amazing. It says, once you were alienated from God, once you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Well, hang on a minute. It says, once you were alienated, but... Who still feels alienated from God sometimes? You know, it says, it says, once you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. Well, hang on a minute. Some of us still feel alienated, enemies in our minds because of our behavior. It says that he has reconciled us and made us holy without blemish and free from accusation. Well, hang on a minute. Who still hears that voice of accusation? Those niggling lies. Where's the gap? What's the gap all about, Paul? Come on. Well, he, he obliges, right? The next word is amazing. He uses the, a great little connective, if. If. He says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. We need to hold on to the hope 
of the gospel. We need to understand the gospel of grace and cling on to it, right? We need to be reading things like Colossians and having that in our mind, etched into our hearts, so that when we feel alienated from God, when we feel those voices coming in, when we start to make ourselves an enemy of the Lord, we can say, hold on. I'm a child of the light. I've been brought from this dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light, and the light shines in the darkness. I don't have to do this. I don't have to listen to these voices. That's the gospel. That's the hope. And that's the joy that we have before us today. And I think the gospel has sometimes become a song that washes over us, um, but it's time to pay attention to the song of redemption that the Lord is singing over you. It's time to pay attention to the song of redemption. And it will help us build this kingdom culture where we can be radically free and radically joyful. Because when we learn how to be radically free and radically joyful, we can preach a gospel message that actually makes sense to people who can see that we're free and we're joyful. You know, it's not really that compelling to hear someone shouting the gospel at you who looks really, really sad. (laughs) It's just not that compelling. Come hang out with me, my friends, on a Sunday. You're okay. And unlike a song that you can learn back to front, you can learn all the music, you can play it along, you can sing it, the gospel is a bottomless ocean. You can swim in it for the rest of your life. We're going to be swimming in it for eternity, and we're going to be finding new stuff out about God every single day. And that's the beauty, right? That's the invitation. This isn't, have you done it? Have you ticked that box? This is an ongoing adventure for all of us. So I wanted to tell you a bit more about my, my time at David's tent with, uh, with the enthusiastic Christians. And uh, I was uh, speaking to my friend about kingdom culture. You know, why do we love this place so much? And we figured actually maybe Butterfly Lady sums it up perfectly. You know, she's got so much joy. So much freedom that she could literally chase an imaginary butterfly around a field and people are just like, that's awesome. That's a world I want to live in. So I got there on the Friday. Hannah had very kindly was with Isaac and some of their friends in Sheffield. So I was, I was on my own and we got straight into the tent. Ready for it. Enjoying myself. Friday, Saturday, it's camping. Sunday comes around. I'm getting a bit tired, but the Lord is good. We're crying out for revival in the UK and then... Get to about seven o'clock and I'm, I'm pretty done at this point. So I went to get a coffee, had a walk around, still feeling tired. Went to splash some water in my face. I met someone at the uh, taps. He's like, you okay? I was like, mate, I'm, I think I'm going to call it. I've, I've had a great time. I'm hitting the wall. He's like, you got to push through the wall, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. Push through the wall. I was like, mate, I'm really, t-. he's like, come on. So with his encouragement ringing in my ears. I went back in, I was like, hey, one more, one more shot. And the worship leader is, is praying about fire. Let's, have a, let's pray for the fire of the Lord to stir in our hearts once more. Pray for the fire of the Lord to stir in our hearts. And so that's what I did. I was there, okay, Lord, send the fire. Bring your fire. I want to know your love. I want to experience your fire. Burn in me again today. And it was an amazing moment, okay? So as, as I started to pray for the fire of the Lord, I just felt stuff bubble up in my heart that the Lord starts to put his finger on some sin in my life, that he starts to say, hang on a minute, Luke, this, this stuff isn't dealt with. You think this is dealt with, it's, it's still there. And specifically, I felt him talk to me about sexual relationships in my past, going back like 10 years, 10 years plus, 15 years, and just start to bring memories into my mind. And I just felt him say, like, this is, this is going to come out today. 
And, and I just felt like with sin, and I, I've got to that moment before lots of times. And what I then do is I internalize it, go to my internal world. Okay, God, I'm, I repent of this stuff, all in my inside voice. Take it from me, Lord, I'm washed clean. Um, and it feels nice. And then a few months down the line, same sort of thing happens. And I wonder why that is. But I think the Lord wants us to, to get stuff out. We need to speak stuff out. And we need to pray stuff out. And we need to bring our brothers and our sisters along on the journey with us. Because we're made in community. And James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other that you may be healed. And so I turned to my friend Dan nervously, you know, plucked up the courage. I said, Dan... He's a good egg, our Dan. He's, he's a safe pair of hands. I said, Dan, I think I need some deliverance, mate. I think I need you to pray for me. I think I need to confess some stuff. I think something needs to break in me right now. Uh, and he was like, okay, cool. So he puts his hand on my shoulder, and I'm not really talking to Dan. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm just confessing stuff, just pouring it out. Lord, I repent of this time. I repent of this. I repent of this. Uh, and, and as I started to do that, um, I just felt the hope of the Lord kind of rush in and I felt the shame kind of just leave, the fear of rejection that was stopping me from saying this to someone, the guilt uh, and just being met with the Lord's grace. You know, whilst I was still far off, I made my way to the edge of the property and then while I was still far off, he came rushing, he came running uh, and I just felt like the Lord was just bringing stuff out of me. And I felt it was a bit like, I don't know if this ever happens to you, in the shower, where the, the water's just a little bit of pooling at the bottom of the shower, and there's something not quite right with the drain. So you go to just pull the little bit of hair out of the drain. <laughs> and it's, you think it's going to be small, right? And you pull it, oh gosh, what is that? What is that? And then you've got to really put your back into it. It's like, oh gosh, something bigger down there. Oh, 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 is that alive? It looks like a mouse. <laughs> and you get it out, and there's more down there, and you just leave it on the side of the bath. <laughs> Someone will deal with that, I'm sure. <laughs> I just felt the Lord say, as you start to pull the thread, right, you don't even know what's down there. You didn't even realize how big it was. You didn't even know there was a problem with the drainage, and all of a sudden, the shower actually works. You're like, ah, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. That this, that's what the God, God does. I just felt this freedom rush into my heart. I felt this freedom rush into my heart. Uh, and as the fed pulled, just more stuff came tumbling out. And the Lord wasn't just t telling me about the actions or the thing, but like what's the lie that that's led to? What's the, what's the unbelief that is, that has led to? What is the disordered behavior that I've been experiencing for the last 10, 15 years that I didn't even know about? The, the root is this thing, but he's saying, no, that is why you're living that way. That's why you did that. That's what happened here. Uh, and just being able to confess and pour more stuff out to the Lord. And I just felt the Lord in that moment, he, he, his goodness over me. And I really felt the Lord kind of, kind of smiling and speaking to me and just telling me, you know, I love you, Luke. I love you, my boy. And just in like a chuckly voice, just saying like, How, why did this take you so long to bring to me? Do you not understand the goodness of my light? Do you not understand the way I operate? Like, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, I take what's broken and I make it beautiful. I take what's painful and I turn it into a story of victory. And I just him say, Luke, just promise me never to leave it this long again. Never leave it this long again. This is not my will for you. This is not how fullness of life works. I felt the Lord say to me, the kingdom of light is your inheritance and confession is your armor. 
Confession is your armor. The way that you take stuff into the light, that is what is going to keep you safe in my kingdom of light. That is a kingdom culture. And then, guys, that, then the freedom comes. And I tell you what, in that moment, I was with them, right? I was with the flag wavers. I was with the ribbons. I was just doing the double butterfly. I was in my element. I just, the dancing came over me. I've danced before in worship, but not like this. I, you know, I was 7 p.m., I was nearly ready for bed. I was in that tent till like half two in the morning. And it was, all the cliches were true. I felt physically lighter. I felt like I'd had asthma for 20 years and I'd just been given an inhaler. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the fresh air, it's the freedom of the Lord. It's what I really experienced the joy of the redeemed, right? It made a new sense to me, that phrase. It's like, wow, we can, we can actually live like this. This is actually the promise of the Lord, to live in freedom. And, um, yeah, I just feel like the Lord wants to bring that word back here, that he wants us to throw off the sin that easily entangles for the joy set before us. Uh, and I think there's a simple, put this simple model together of what I think was happening for me in that moment, that uh, we pray for the fire of the Lord. The fire of the Lord comes, right? He comes where he's wanted. When we're desperate for him, when we're hungry for the Lord, when we ask him to come, then the Lord comes. The fire stokes up and, you know, refiner's fire, gold, purifying gold, you heat it up, the impurities rise to the top, you scrape it off. So the fire comes, then the impurities bubble up to the surface. We start to see where our, our living doesn't match up with the gospel, with what God wants for us. He starts to put his finger on stuff. The impurities come to the surface. It leads us to confession, and I really believe there's power in speaking it out loud. Our internal worlds just don't cut it when we want to go deep. When we want to get these deep roots out, we need to speak it out. And that confession leads us to repentance, turning back to the Lord, saying, this is my story now. I'm turning back to you. And when we repent, guys, then what happens next is freedom. It's not conviction. It's not condemnation. It's not shame. It's not sin. It's not guilt. It's freedom. And when the freedom comes, then the joy comes. Then the dancing comes. Then you can get the butterfly out and everyone thinks it's funny and great. And then after that, do you know what happens? The, the fire comes. When we're joyful in the Lord, it's our strength, it's our fire. And then he starts to burn even brighter in us and we're able to worship in even more freedom. And then the impurities pop up again because it's an ongoing thing. We're a garden that needs weeding. But when you, the more and more you do it, the more you can get a hold of what's happening. The impurities come, the confession comes, and it's a cycle of joy. That we're going after it, not for fear of uh, what's the shame, trying to get rid of the shame, but to chase after the freedom, chase after the joy and the fullness of the kingdom of light. And what's crazy is that since that happened like three weeks ago, in like two or three separate occasions, times of worship, the Lord has just put his finger on stuff. And instead of internalizing it, I've gone to someone, um, and whether it's uh, a Tom or a Joel or, or Hannah, my wife, and the Lord has been speaking to me about like lies I'm believing about my ministry, the way I preach, or what, what I'm trying to get when I'm doing stuff, or, or lies in my marriage that I've been believing that have led to disordered thinking in our relationship and things like that. The Lord just keeps working. He keeps doing it. And the joy and the freedom is a beautiful thing. And so we're going we're gonna to go there. Uh, and I've often, if I would preach a message like this, I would speak to Tom or, or Heather. I'd say, oh, I've got a word. I think it's going to be a heavy one this week. We're going to go there. I'm going to say about pornography. I'm going to mention pornography from the front. It's going to be heavy. And I felt the Lord just rebuke me on that and say, Luke, it's not a heavy one. 
when you go after confession. It's not a heavy one when you go after sin. It's a light one. We're taking the weight off exactly what we're doing, that we don't need to hide in the shadows. This kingdom of light is your inheritance. You're already in it. So stop living in the dominion of darkness. It's a light one today. And I felt this, the analogy of bin day, right? You've got a bin in your house. The bin gets full, bin gets smelly. You take the bin out to your dustbin. Dustbin gets full, dustbin gets smelly. Put the dustbin on the side of the road. And then the bin lorry comes and takes it away. You, you have to take your bin out if you want the rubbish to go. And if you leave it there, it just gets smelly. It just festers in the house. But the Lord is saying, like, it's bin day. It's a bit cheesy, that one. But it's bin day today, guys. We're going to take our bins out. <laughs> Because he has done it, right? He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Um, so I want to encourage you, maybe let's respond now. So invite the band to come back up. Um, and maybe I want to invite you to stand. You can stay seated if you feel more comfortable, but I think let's, let's stand. And um, we're going to have a look at the, uh, we're going to try and do the, the, the triangle. Um, but we can't force it, right? What I'm not saying today is that you need to dig into your past and think about the worst thing you ever did and the person you hurt the most and the thing you're most ashamed of. I'm not saying that. But what we are doing is allowing the fire of the Lord to show us where the impurities are and that may be, the, that's a lie that you're believing, some disordered way of seeing the world and of doing life or of relating to people or relating to God. What is the thing that's not, you, you can know it. Like, I feel like you understand what it is. As you go about your day to day, what's not quite right? And we're asking the fire of the Lord to fall so that he can show us what that is. Okay, we're not digging for something juicy. We're digging for the Lord to show us the impurities that are stopping us from walking out that inheritance. Where's the voice of accusation? Where do we feel distant from God? Where are we an enemy of God in our own minds because of our behavior? So Holy Spirit, come fill us now. I want to encourage you just to pray for the fire of the Lord yourself. It's much better if you do it than if I do it. God, we want you to burden our hearts. God, we need your fire. We need your glory. We want to live in your kingdom of light. We want to be a kingdom culture church. God, set us free so that we can show people what your gospel actually means. God, show me what your freedom is so that I can show people out there what your freedom really means. We want to burn for you, Jesus. There's freedom coming today. There's freedom coming. So as we worship and as the fire falls and as the Lord puts his finger on stuff, we're going we're gonna to get it out. We're going to speak it out. We're going to pray it out. And we're going to repent and we're going to stand on the freedom and the light that is our inheritance. So I'm going to invite the, uh, the prayer guys to come forward. And as we worship and as the Lord puts his finger on something, I want to encourage you, it's a safe place, I want to encourage you to come and, and chat to one of these guys, speak out, 
you can speak to God in their presence, just repent of it. And if you don't want to come forward, do it with someone next to you, someone near you that you trust. But let's do it. It's a safe place. We're doing this for joy. Because after we've done that, we might do some dancing. Who knows? We're going to dance it out <laughs> if you feel comfortable. But we're going to start with the fire of the Lord. We're going to worship. If you feel the Lord bringing something to you, come and, come and pray with someone. Come and speak out. Speak out to someone next to you who you trust or someone at the front. Uh, and then we'll see where we get to. But maybe we'll do some dancing.